uh, recently was on a vacation and saw Didier Deschamps. Me and my dad saw him. Ah. Um, yeah. Asked him about... Wait, wait, why'd you bump into him? What? Wait, what? Hello and welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast. Happy New Year. It's brilliant to have you. And for the first episode of 2022, it was all right that a rarity of this podcast is happening. All four of us are here. Yes, it's me. It's Ali. It's Fergal. Hello, Fergal. How are you? Hello. Hello. And uh, and George. Uh, great to have you as well as always. Yeah, great to be here as always. I uh, hope your Christmas and New Year's was good. Yeah, it was alright. Drank probably too much, but apart from that. So. Cool. Harry, um, as a co-host for the second time, probably three episodes, and I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, how are you, man? I'm sweet, mate. It's good to be back. It's lovely. Um, and uh, the reason why I'm hosting today is because I've honestly not watched enough football to uh, to be able to co-host and provide how analysis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've look. I've never stopped you before, Ali. Look. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean... He's just made, no, he's, he's not... made secret of it before, to be fair. He's like, Someone's uh, done a poor job of hiding it, but no, a- 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 I wouldn't we say so. That, that sounds like something Danny Murphy or Jermaine Genius would say. We haven't watched the game totally. Yes, <laughs> um, that's the giveaway. That's the giveaway uh, from now on. Look, uh, but yeah, I, I honestly, uh, it was a pretty busy time, so it, I just didn't watch any football. So I, I'm just being transparent and going like, yeah, it's my job. I know. Um, but like, I didn't even have time to watch the Liverpool-Chelsea game back. Uh, it, they say it was a good game. You guys watched it. We said uh, you said before the recording it was, it was a good, good game. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, George and uh, Fergal, I'll, I'll start with uh, with you two first. I'll start with Fergal. Uh, did, what do you feel about the result? Because you were 2-0 down. And uh, I did obviously watch the goals back. The second goal looked like it was a, like a huge relief. But... Is that is it a satisfactory result, given the current form, the Kaku stuff, we'll, which we'll get onto later? What? How do you feel about the result? Not necessarily the performance, but if you're going into it, we'll take a point. Is that something you you would have taken, essentially? No, not not with the points that were dropped. It had to be a win. The both both these two games had to be a win hmm. uh, to have any chance. This Liverpool game and the the Man City one with all the draws that have happened. And um, it, it was I it was especially disappointing because I thought we should we should have been we should have been, we should have went one 0 up, and um, and then with the Chal- Chalba mistake as well, it was like it felt it felt like a missed opportunity to get at Liverpool, um, um, and I even didn't I didn't even think the Salah goal was like obviously his part was good, but I thought there were so many mistakes. In that it was it, like two two poor moments for Chelsea in defence, and yeah. then not taking the chances that we had in, in going forward. Um, and I, 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 yeah, ended up like even at two two, I was like, I, I wasn't really really celebrating. I think, I think I saw a lot of tweets from people that were at the game, um, uh, proper Chelsea fans, and and the, you know they 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 were buzzing. It was like seemed to be a great atmosphere, and they were buzzing with the result. Come because they came back from two 0 down, but in the grand mm. scheme of things, I was like I was like we really need a third goal to to win it, and it just never came really. And it was dis- disappointing. 
Speaking of the second goal, uh, one thing about that goal that isn't talked about enough is actually Alonso's part in this. He was way too slow reacting. Like, the, I, I the... actually, I'd actually contrast that. Just sorry to cut you off, but I. That's all right. Rudiger, Rudiger, Rudiger has him. Um, then Rudiger sort of goes forward, and it maybe not be Rudiger's fault essentially, but there's three players. Any one of them could have reacted quicker. Mm. Rudiger, who had. Salah and sort of passes them on. Kovacic, who's right beside um, Rudiger. And then Alonso, who does react, but is ever slightly too late. He's too slow. He reads it completely wrong and never really gets close to him in the end. Yeah, and that's and why I'm... Mendy, people were saying like how he's double-blocked him, triple-blocked him, and, and you know, Salah's so good. Hmm. I thought it was just... I just thought it was poor for Mendy, and I, I don't want to slag him off too much because he has been brilliant. But I just thought it was a poor moment. And as I said, there's there's th- there's sort of uh, three, four players at fault there trying to mark one player. Yeah. And um, although it's Mo Salah, because it's Mo Salah, you, you can't give him that. And it, 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 I thought it was well taken. I wouldn't blame totally Alonso. I thought it was actually the other two, that Kovacic and Rudiger, that were at fault because they were closer to him. And Alonso was the one that just reacted. And he, he didn't cover himself in glory, but he was he was reacting late because because uh, he thought someone else had him. And uh, George, you uh, you're ordinarily the one here that likes to take a positive spin on this. Are you going to take a positive spin on that result? Positive uh, spin? Did you hear him on James Alcott's stream? Oh my god! Ah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so depressing. Yeah. I was, I was, but sometimes so, I feel like I, he does sometimes. Perfectly. Yeah. And and I got this one right as well. You know, we're drawing too many games. <sighs> Without Reese James, we're gonna we're gonna really struggle, really really struggle to you know create enough. To be honest, um, and two two isn't good enough. We should have won that game. We should have won again th- that game against actually, if I'm honest, a Liverpool side that underperformed and has been underperforming for for quite a while, and that don't impress me that much. In, in general, I know obviously that they, they, they were missing a few players. We were missing a few players, but in terms of the first eleven on both sides, it wasn't like they had to play um, a youngster or were forced to. You know, these these are squad players that that should be in and around the first team for both for both squads. Um, and Liverpool, uh, Liverpool's team wasn't good enough, and we should have taken advantage of that. So two two. I mean, I was ecstatic at half time. I thought we'd go on and you know. Uh, sort of take charge and momentum was with you we, well we we were in charge of the whole game there's there two mistakes um that were very costly and it's a shame because Chalaba played so well for the rest of the game yeah. he was absolutely brilliant but you can't make those mistakes when you've got Mane and Salah um up front for, for Liverpool and it's it, it's a shame but it's yeah it's not a good it's not a good look um and mm. the table doesn't look good for for Liverpool either, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you say we're drawing you're drawing too many games. That that's the thing with Liverpool too, and why we're so behind Man City now. Um, title race is essentially over because we've lost ten points from winning positions now this season. Yeah. We've that's what I was going to add. There is yeah. there is a complete lack of and a complete I mean complete lack of um, holding on to leads. It's pragmatism. It's, I think that's the word. I think it. No, I don't think up. it's pragmatism necessarily. I, I just think it's control. Up. Well, that's the same thing in my opinion. At, at, at two 0 up, you, 
that it's sort of the time to get a bit more control in the game, keep the ball, yeah. make Chelsea work to get back in it. And what you don't do is go and hack someone down like James Milner did and give away a silly free kick. I know they didn't score directly from the free kick and mm. it's a screamer he puts it in on the volley, whatever. But from an experienced player, and, and Carragher said it on Sky Sports, it's just so poor what, mm. what he goes and does. Um, and, and I just think when I watch Liverpool and you compare it to Man City, Man City have taken 17 leads this season and they've won all 17 games. Yeah. And the reason for that is they are much more... Control is probably a better word for it. Yeah. When they play with a lead, the opposition don't get anywhere near them. And it doesn't mean they thrash them every time, but it just means that they're going to have to work uber hard to even have the ball. And I just watched that game and it just became too much like a basketball match. And it was thrilling for me as a neutral watching it, thinking, Christ, this is a great game. Like These are two... Very good sides, if slightly flawed on the day, missing a few players on either side. Um, but you can also see why, in in the last few weeks, Man City have continued to win games and, and stretch the lead out. Yeah. Chelsea and Liverpool have just struggled a little bit. And and ultimately, it looks like the title race is, is well, it looks like it's only going one way now, unfortunately. Um, you say unfortunately, why so? It's it's just three teams. Because, uh, as a neutral, I, I'd say as a neutral. Oh, you want to see I, like a three horse race? I want to see one. a competitive league because I think, with the exception of the one season where it goes down to the last day, Liverpool ninety-seven, Man City ninety-eight. Aye. The title race has been decided by February, March, the yeah. last five years. Yeah. Um, and so as someone that doesn't really have a horse in the race, so to speak, um, I don't want to see Man City, you know, win the league by fifteen points every year. Like that can't be a good thing for English football. You know, I'm watching them on Saturday and their manager complaining about the fact that they they can't put a proper bench out. The guy didn't bring a hundred million pound signing on, you know. So that that's my point is that, you know, a couple of draws in December probably shouldn't be costly in, in a title race. Mm. But unfortunately, such is the wealth and the quality of Manchester City that it looks like it could be the death now. Both I, I I also think I've I've heard that discussion a lot on Twitter or Twitter this week about like how, um, you know it's it's getting ridiculous and like you know it's it's almost like you can't keep up with Man City. I think that you have to give like it it is down to the wealth and everything, but I think if you give a, most of other managers that team, I don't think they you get the consistency. Consistency uh, without winning a striker. And I, I yeah, yeah, but like I, I think Guardiola is just like it's just incredible, and he's been given everything that he wants. But as you say, like to, like that if people were saying like you know no striker and and you know how that's going to be an issue, but he's just like that much of a genius. He does make it work. And, 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 like, and work perfectly. And it comes yeah. back down to, to what Harry said before in terms of control. They are the best yeah. at it. The absolute best. And that's not necessarily because they always have the best players. Because even when you have the best players, if you've got a certain style of play, it doesn't mean you're always in control. Like if you're playing Klopp's, well, Klopp three years ago football, uh, what he called rock and roll or whatever it was, um, you can't control games like like Pep does, and that I think that is the difference in terms of these two squads. Obviously, there's investment as well, but I don't see why Liverpool can't keep up with City in, 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 to a certain extent um, in in terms of spending. You know, you see Man United doing it. You can see 
um, to a certain extent, Arsenal now now can sort of extend their funds. God, even um, Barcelona are buying Ferran Torres. Yeah, even Barcelona. And they're going to get. I mean, that's, I mean, and Morata. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 I and obviously Chelsea as well. Like Tuchel's known for maybe he's quite pragmatic, but but not on the level of Pep Guardiola. I mean, he's just next level. Um, and we got we got we got really good managers in in this league. Like I, I genuinely believe that we got really really high high quality managers in the Premier League. It's just but no, was the question just... the question we were asking what like not too long ago was who who now is the worst manager? And the, the, it's not the, obvious, is it? Like I it's don't, not you... it's not obvious, and even the worst manager has a good, decent CV. Yeah, well, I yeah. think a lot of the the teams in the Premier League at the moment pose what you would call maybe a unique challenge whether it's the set of players yeah. they've got or the manager yeah. they've got like you a lot of the teams you see a very defined way of playing doesn't mean it's always going to be successful so yeah. for example Southampton right they're a very very high press team they're not on the level of Liverpool doing it but their style of play yeah. is very set in stone they're going to do the same thing every game and as a result they can actually be awkward with it but they yeah. can also get caught we're living in an era where managers have their philosophy and if you can't abide by it and, and adapt and ultimately bring the right characteristics and, and traits to it, then you're not going to play for them. And, and, I, and I'm, mm. you know, it, it's something that I like. And you, I think you mentioned Guardioli, give him a lot of credit for that. Klopp, I think, is similar in terms of the way that they've brought new ideas to the Premier League in terms of their way of playing every week. And and it doesn't mean you can't adapt, you know, a certain degree. As I said to Ali, I think Liverpool could have demonstrated a bit more pragmatism, a bit more control in that game. But like the, the level has just gone up. It's like it, it, Man City are like there, but they're kind of they everybody's getting dragged up like with them. Apart from maybe you know like Bonds and like Norwich and they're they're pretty awful. But... but even even Norwich have brought in a manager who is credible. Like Dean Dean Smith is a credible manager. Yeah, he's fact, a good manager. A good manager. And also, managing Norwich absolutely yeah. walked the championship as well. Yeah, yeah. Norwich are so, like, weird, man. Like, that's that's why it's like it, it, it. That's why when when you look at it, like there, there's when Norwich are a bit of a, a pushover. Probably because they haven't got the quality of players uh, to play the style that they're aiming for. But whenever they go down, they'll, they'll le- probably easily get promoted again. Yeah. And it's it is such a, a high quality league with, with top quality managers. And just to bring it back to the Chelsea game, like hmm. like I thought I thought like a lot of people were saying, is it a poor game because of the poor moments, or is it that it's just two top teams going at it hmm. that with two great attacks that is causing these moments. And it's, de- it's definitely probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But like in terms of Liverpool not being able to get control, it's down to the midfielders for Chelsea. Like. Yeah. Best, best and down Liverpool, and for Liverpool. I think. Yeah. I think I said this to Ali before we started recording. Um, Henderson and Milner were really poor for Liverpool, hmm. and and it, and it, I just think that it's a combination. If if you look at the games that those two have played together since. Uh, since the season Liverpool finished with 97 points, won the Champions League, they've started something like 12 games against the top six and a, and a couple in the Champions League against PSG. And they've only won one of those games that the, 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 two, the two of them have played together. Hmm. And, and in this game, it was quite evident that they just did not retain the book. I mean, Henderson in particular reminded yeah. me of watching him against Croatia in that World Cup game. He was yeah. getting the ball. 
and, and instantly looking to play direct. And, and you just think from an experienced player, the, the club captain, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. When you're missing players and, and you get 2-0 up, you get into a great position, not actually playing that well on the day, really, but you find yourself 2-0 up in a game you've got to win. You've got to just get your foot on the ball for five minutes and go, look, we're going to control this. We have 65% possession and we're going to make them work. And they just didn't do that. Um, I also, I, I don't see why Milner starts over Cater uh, in that I game. Do I. Don't, no. I don't see it at all. I, see it, Alex? I, I don't. I, I think Milner Against Kante and Kovacic, like, how can you not have Cater in that midfield? Like, you cannot let Henderson and Milner play Kante and Kovacic yeah. in terms of their energy. It just, that should never happen. Yeah. That should never happen. You can't. You can can, can, can we praise Kovacic? We oh, can. oh the, yeah. that that goal is ridiculous. That goal is it's absolutely mental. That never scores. He never scores, and like I don't think I've seen him play. I think it's his best oh, game. He's so good. By a his touch now. was just exquisite as well. Like, oh, the whole the, game. The one, there was like two touches he done oh. sort of back to back, and he plucked out of the sky the two of them, and like he was he was just terrific. You know why I like his performance so much? Yeah, why? Because finally we might see the end of this ridiculous fetishization of Jorginho. Jorginho. <laughs> I, I, I don't you know understand what? it for the life of me. Yeah, but but the the weird thing is uh, uh, with the, with the Jorginho thing, it, I, I with Chelsea is I don't see us conceding two goals with Jorginho in that team. However, I also there's no chance we're getting those two goals before. Um, the half is up if we have Jorginho in that team because we're so slow tempo. Like yeah. that that game is completely different if um, yeah if Jorginho plays. It's probably a nil nil if if we're honest. It's probably a nil nil because he doesn't really he doesn't add anything in in an attacking manner. But we go back to the control idea. He does help Chelsea control games. Um, and he was brought on, and that's again maybe a factor in why it, it ended in the draw. He just kills out all momentum, which is sometimes a really good thing. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the time, yeah. But it, it goes it goes towards the the goal that was during the Champions League and um, yeah, and in the league last season that you know you're trying to win one nil, yeah, and then just keep keep control of it and keep them at arm's length. Yeah, yeah. I I'm baffled that we're not even hearing ripples of news about signing another midfielder. It's just mental. And now we've lost Keita, who we've been saying is he? he has. We uh, we had to uh, we we had to start Keita for either Milner or Henderson, arguably Milner for me. Um, but now Keita's gone to the Afcon. Essentially, all of our oh, goals yeah. and assists, all of our goal contributions, and Mo Salah's gone. That's a real problem for you guys. That's <sighs> such a big is Elliot back at all? Elliot's no. back in team training. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's, I think, I think that's yesterday. massive for you. If that's you, if massive you... for him. I don't know. Yeah, if it's massive, massive it's... for Liverpool. But I think you're. For, I think you're forgetting how good Elliot was. Nah, good, I'm not. I'm not forgetting it. Not, I. I just. Obviously, he's not going to replace Salah, but I yeah, definitely. He, he, I thought him, him and Trent were linking up so well. Yeah, him and Salah were linking up really well. If he, if he can get back into the form he was in, I think he'll definitely go some way to. Uh, he, he'll get goals and assists. I, I'm, I'm convinced. I think he's, he was looking brilliant in the role he was doing before. Yeah, but it's yeah. just what you're talking about. 
you're talking about the best player in the league. Yeah, by a country mark. Well, look, not just that. The best. No, the best but like two forwards, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Mane is. I know he's not been fantastic this year, but he had his longest goalless drought with Liverpool. Yeah, I know, but let's not game. forget how good. Definitely, yeah, that's is. pretty obvious. Like, he... Oh, wait, 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 we're forgetting. Sorry, speaking of Mane, what do, what do you think of the red card incident? No, it's not. Um, it's never. Red. I didn't think Absolutely. it was a red either. I couldn't. Never, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I was say, so confused. I, this is something I'll back up later on in terms of talking about red cards. It feels too easy for teams to go down to yeah. ten men in this modern age of football, where, you, you, like, I would not want to see a game reduced to ten versus eleven no. in six seconds Awful. for that. Yeah, it yeah. has to be a leg breaker, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 also, the, I also think if it, like. If, if it had been his actual elbow, but it was like it was like his arm, and like even yeah. was, even if it was, was his elbow, forceful. even if it was his elbow, he he didn't even look at, at, at Aspilicueta once. If he had, if his eyes were on the map, the whole he was time, there, though. it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's, to be fair, the intent is yeah, but the, but the intent is clearly shown by him looking at the ball. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter if he knows him, you know, because you can, yes, you have spatial awareness, but he, he clearly wanted to win the ball. If he's looking at Aspilicueta and jumped into him with an elbow, yeah. you know, that's different. I, but, I, but I, look, I looked at It's not even, I mean, is it, is it even a yellow card? Like, I genuinely, well. I don't even I, think it's I, a yellow card. No, I thought it was, thought it was forceful. You can't hit someone did... in the face. No, but he's only like he's not. It doesn't matter. You can't hit someone in the face. It's a yellow card. It's not a red card. I... It's a yellow. I, I thought I thought it was forceful. I didn't think it was like vicious or like no. or nasty. It I doesn't matter. It was, I it agree. It's forceful and powerful. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, like I I couldn't get over that. This like the cross the board. Alan Shearer was saying it. That it's was not definitely red. red. It's not a red card. I was I was there going like I just couldn't get over. I was like. What is this? I'm like, I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't see yeah, this yeah, as a never. red. And then the Mason, I thought the Mason Mount one could have been more of a red card. No, yeah, he got a lot. Uh, I thought that was more of a red card than, than, so than the Manu so one. Yeah, you're just shaking his head. I think it was. I think he's a lucky boy, Mason Mount. I really do. Yeah, he but really, Harry, you have your agenda against Mason Mount. Let's be no, honest here. No, no, no. I, I, like, I, I, I <laughs> think what it is. Well. I, I was looking and going, if you watch I've it, he loses him. his head for a second. Yeah, he does. He actually connects. He doesn't really make a clean connection. It's only because he's taking his leg away yeah he does it, it, it he does it in like a way he that he's making him. sure it's he's weird felt. yeah it, he, he does it he sound knows weird, it, but with, he does with, it yeah he does it smartly because with, with Mane, he just, he's he's just has his arm up and is trying to be forceful i think with man he knows exactly what he's doing and he's lucky yeah. that he sort of doesn't make that much connection on purpose but he no, knows he exactly he what he's kick doing. It. he doesn't bring his foot back he just no. pushes but he, but he could have gently lifted his leg out. He knew. Oh yeah, yeah, he could, yeah, yeah. You're right. He, yeah. he, he was trying. He was trying to leave a little, as as little, or the the amount that he could without getting a red yeah. card. But I thought he was lucky. I didn't think um, it was a red. Um, no. But you know what? You know what? Dear listener, this conversation we just had about red cards and referees and decisions is exactly why the term "clear and obvious" is bullshit. Hold that thought. We'll come back to it. Yeah. But just keep that in mind for the next kind of 15 minutes or so. But there's another huge topic of conversation the around the, the elephant in the room. Exactly. Around the Chelsea Liverpool, uh, around the Chelsea Liverpool game uh, just before 
Here Romulo. Kelleher starting. Incredible. I could not agree more. <laughs> it, 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 what a moment it was for hey, football. To be honest, brilliant. from the highlights, what a performance. I I, I applaud. There's the, this chance he saved from six yards out. It's not as easy as it looks going straight at him. Uh, he does actually have to react. Credit to him. Credit to him. He's, uh, he's stepped up well. Um, uh, actually, Liverpool are suffering a bit from uh, COVID now. There's, uh, there's talk about our cup games this um, week after we've been a little bit affected by it. Allison had, had COVID. Van Dijk was absent for COVID before. Um, I think Fabinho was as well. And now Liverpool might have their Carabao Cup game against Arsenal um, postponed because of the amount of COVID cases we have, which is surprising because supposedly we, we have we, everyone is vaccinated. Well, you can still get COVID while vaccinated, but it doesn't. It it makes you it makes you wonder like, is there any way that Don't go down that route? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, let's move. Let's move. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I it just made me think. Um, yeah. but uh, our FA Cup game on Sunday as well could be affected. Uh, but uh, hoping just everyone is you, um, is fine. Do you guys reckon Lukaku is vaccinated? Huh. I, I, I just, uh, I, you know, cause that's he, an unfair question. <laughs> I, I just wondered because I, I, I don't know. Like, I thought he might. I reckon that's why he missed the game. To be honest, Harry. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, uh... Okay. Uh, um, seriously, then, Lukaku. Okay. Lovely. What a story. Who do you want, who do you want to go for? <laughs> what content? Yeah, what content that start. is. Okay, like, go for it, Harry. Hey, George, just for any new listeners potentially out there, George is a stan of Lukaku. Like, during the Euros, it was established how much this guy loves Lukaku. And uh, when Lukaku went to Chelsea afterwards, um, it was uh, it was a moment. <laughs> it was a moment for him. Big things were expected. But now, he is out of the squad for interview stuff. George, talk us through it. Let, us, let me know your thoughts. You know, diffuse. Uh, diffuse? Um, what am I trying to say? Unload. It's a therapy session. Go. Yeah. Uh, we're, with this, I'm going to start with saying, if that interview had been two interviews, I know I'll take you on this journey with me. If it had been two, uh, this hypothetical journey, two interviews, the first interview was him going... Oh, I'm not that happy because I'm, you know, out, out of the squad and I'm trying to return from an injury. And you know, the 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 manager's trying a different style. I don't really fit into this uh, with the fluid front three and Havertz as a false nine. And then separately, maybe a month later, whatever he goes, you know what? I I also want to address the Inter situation. I really love Inter. Um, you know, one day I'll play there again. Um, you know, now's not the right time, but but um, I do feel bad about how it how it went and, and leaving. If that had separately happened, this would look so different. But he's gone in one interview from saying I'm unhappy to I want to play for Inter. I love Inter. Like uh, it, it's just insanity for a player who who's deemed so intelligent. It's just so stupid. And also the other the other wee bit was the the fact that he was like he was at Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Bayern. Oh, Bayern that was clubs. really that and really. Like, yeah, it was like yeah. it was like like it was it was so badly done. And 
I've 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 since heard after listening to a, a lot of things about it that even his people were unaware of the interview happening. Yeah. So he he didn't even let his own people know, which just shows it's like like if if you're if you're not willing to trust your own people and telling them you're going to do this interview, you probably shouldn't be doing that interview. The people yeah, you're yeah. employing to to make sure your PR is right, if you're not telling them, what what, what like have a give your head a while, but think twice. I I don't think what he said was that bad. No, I on, agree. On the whole, I think the way he said it is terrible. I think if he said. The main problem I have with it is that he's gone. He says he's looking to go back to Inter because he likes them. That's fair enough. Yeah. You know, um, it's 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 stupid of him to say it because he's always going to get backlash from Chelsea fans for saying that because no fan really likes to hear that, especially if you're meant to be the uh, a boyhood fan. Um, and I. And so he, he said that, and then he suggested that he's going to go back when he's still at a decent level. He's 28 and he's on a five-year contract. Mm-hmm. He'll be 33 when, when when the contract ends. Maybe even 34, actually, when the contract actually ends. Um, so in my head, he's saying that he's going to leave within his contract. Um, yeah. And... That's the issue that he's he's saying. I'm look. He's he's six. If he if he'd even said, I even think I to be honest, I think there's a bit of an issue with him even saying he wants to go back to Inter so early into his Chelsea career. I feel yeah, like yeah, it's insane. It, yeah. it, it's it's like I I'm, I get I'm, it. I the thing is, I get what he was trying to like. I I do understand that he wanted to address the Inter situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just it just. How can he? It just how can like you come to that conclusion to take that interview? It seems like he's, but in the interview, he's like prioritized what he's gonna say based on what the Inter fans wanted to hear yeah, over not what just, his yeah. his actual clubs fans want to hear, yeah, yeah, and what yeah. the club that paid a hundred million for him want to hear. He just seemed to have his priorities in the completely wrong order, and like he could, he he didn't have to say that he wanted to move back. He could have explained. The situation of the transfer, which is just like that's how he felt. That's the facts of it. He wasn't really looking for a move, which I have no problem with. If you're content at the yeah, club yeah. and you have to win a league title, and everything's rosy, why would you want to move? And but it, you know, things didn't work out. And then the Chelsea offer came in, so he was like, "Oh, well, none of the other big three are coming in," which I also understand and is absolutely true. But it's not again not nice to hear. And and also he hasn't been that. The other thing is, he hasn't been that impressive for Chelsea. Due to injury and COVID, he's been lacking. Tammy Abraham scored more more goals in 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 uh, per, uh, per game minutes played uh, in his last season for Chelsea as Lukaku has done so far for Chelsea. Yeah. So you know, they, they, and you know, my striker would never do this. My striker stay quiet. You know, my striker, I, yeah, my striker yeah. stay professional. No, what I would say finally, sort of, to, I guess to to maybe not not necessarily just conclude the Lukaku point, but this doesn't mean the end of Lukaku at Chelsea. And I know a lot of people are blowing up. Lots of Chelsea fans. That are yeah, I know, but it just doesn't. No, Gerard said he wanted. He was forcing a move to Chelsea. Rooney forcing a move out of Man United. There are so Suarez. many examples. There's so many examples of of players 
trying to force moves. Players who are more valuable to a club than Lukaku and still going on and, and being able to be loved and respect by that team. Now, what I will say is I don't think Lukaku will ever go down as a Chelsea legend or yeah. anywhere near sort of the likes of even Diego Costa. Um, and Diego Costa done worse than this. And Diego Costa did way worse. And well, actually, no, sorry, Diego. Well, I don't know if he did. I, I, I don't know. There was a full amount of contact. He refused to come back, and though, though it was like, yeah, there was there was more to it. But he he actually had actions, whereas yeah. Lukaku is only. But but even so, if Lukaku, if yeah, if like if Lukaku scores, tw- you know, fifteen goals this season and scores a winner in a Champions League or sem- uh, final, semi-final, whatever. This does get forget forgotten yeah, about. It, it really does, and you know maybe it will never. It, you know Chelsea fans will never fall in love with him. But I mean, I, I, I yeah, I think it's the timing of it that that's a, that that's the big issue. It's like saying these things so early. He could have just he could have just said it in such a better way. Like like this, the, there's some stuff that is true. Like the stuff about the Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and 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 Barcelona, that is true. But you just don't, you don't say, say it. it. Yeah, there's being honest, and then there's there's being yeah, there's being candid, and then there's being just stupid. It's it's like, like that's just gonna just, cause hurts problems. People. Yeah, no it, matter what way you phrase yeah, yeah. that, and and like and I I personally don't have a problem with it, but it's 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 just that it's like our people will obviously have a problem with that, and then you come across as disingenuous as being a a, a lifelong fan sort of thing that he keeps mm. saying, even though he's. Like if you're a lifelong fan of a club, like Chelsea are up there with those teams because they're your club. If they're not your club, then they're not in that bracket. But they're up there for me because I support Chelsea. But I see why for everyone else they're not on the same level. But being a fan of a club brings them up to that level. In my opinion, that's the way I think about it. Anyway, and um. Uh, and yeah, I, 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 and then he's he's come out and done. The, so uh, the he's he's now apologised, apologised to the players, uh, and the and the coach, and that, that it's all been put to bed with Chelsea. He's also done a formal interview with Chelsea TV. They they, they questioned him quite straight on, and were like, "You said that you wanted to leave. Could you explain that? You said that uh, about the um." About the 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 Bayern and and Real Madrid and Barcelona, could you explain that? And then they also said, you, you know, could you explain how, how you've settled into the club? And he touches on how he's unhappy with. He doesn't mention tactics, but he he mentions um, that he's he's unhappy uh, that his family aren't there, um, and, and that was the next minute. That's all he touched on in terms of unhappiness with regards to. Wanting to move to Inter Milan, he sort of dances around it, and he says, "He says I've got a five-year contract at Chelsea, um, and uh, I want to win stuff with Chelsea." He says stuff which isn't mutually exclusive, wanting to leave within his yeah. five-year contract. Yeah. He says yeah, he's yeah. got a five-year contract. He doesn't say he wants to complete it. He doesn't say he wants to. He wants to stay longer than five years. He says that I've got a five-year contract, and I'm here to to be successful. You can be successful with Chelsea within a year and go. So it, he says stuff that aren't mutually exclusive and doesn't sort of pin his, 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 his um, what's the phrase? Pin it to the mast or um, whatever. Um, and then with regards to the, to the um, Barcelona and Real Madrid and, uh, and, and all that, he completely goes 
180 on and goes like, well, Chelsea are, are the team for me. And all the team was like, well, that's not what he said. It's not and true, though, is you, it? Yeah. You, yeah, we all know it's not true, but you said it. And now it's sort of, it, there's, a, there's a bit of, yeah, it's, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a perfect apology. It's hard, it, can't, it couldn't have been a perfect apology in fairness. No, yeah. And then just we're touching on the tactics thing. He, I feel like he worded that. That was the worst, one of the worst things he worded about it because he's totally, and I took it that, you know, he's just got high standards. He's always unhappy. If he's, if he's not playing, he's not going to be happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a fact of being a, a really ambitious top footballer that in that situation, you're not going to be happy. The only thing I find annoying with that is that from, the, from all the reports, uh, all the players and Tuchel weren't aware that he was unhappy, especially with the tactics. And also his wording is like the system has changed or the, or the manager wants to go with a different system. As well, the system won us the Champions League. What do you think was gonna, well, you're going to be walking into? So it's, it's like the way he worded it in the interview was, I was promised a different formation. I can't imagine he would have been. So, but that's, that's my like to, I would like to hear... And, Harry's sort of perspective on this yeah. a little bit because obviously you've had players like Sanchez and, and Van Persie um, not necessarily the same kind of lead, you know they've actually left the club and that's why it's sort of a bit of relationship but what what's your perspective on this like from the outside obviously it's good for you as an Arsenal fan but <laughs> like how do you see yeah, it? Yeah I mean apart from the fact that I find it really really funny that it's coming unstuck at Chelsea. Um, like my reaction to it was, wow. Like I, yeah. I, I couldn't. I, I think partly because of the fact, obviously, the interview was done a few weeks ago. So in the context of some of those quotes, it just was like, well, you've just scored two against yeah, yeah one yeah. and one a penalty, and then you've scored against Brighton. Like you're back in the team and playing well. I completely agree with the idea that. Like surely they've not said to him, "You're going to come in and we're going to play whatever system suits you," because you've just yeah. won the Champions League for God's sake. Like he's supposed to be, yes, the icing on the cake. He's not supposed to be. You're coming in and we're building the entire team around you. Like the winning team is there. One yeah, could yeah. argue. Um, it's a really difficult one because I think you need him over the course of this season to maybe not win the league now. I think that's gone, but certainly to have a successful campaign, he's by far and away your best forward. And there's a five-year contract there. They're not going to write it off. Like he's not going to be gone in January. He's not going to be gone probably in the summer. So they have to kind of knuckle down. I think Tuchel dealt with it really well. That's the one thing I would say. I think he's handled the whole thing in a, in a good way because we know the history of managers at Chelsea. Um, and it would have been very easy for him to maybe get swallowed up in all of this. And ultimately, he becomes the full guy. Um, and I think he's dealt with it really well. And it looks like he's going to be reintegrated into the squad for the Tottenham game, the League Cup. So, look, like, I wouldn't be happy with it. I completely yeah. understand that there are going to be Chelsea fans that still aren't happy with it. As Ferg was kind of alluded to, there's parts of that interview he's done that don't clear everything or anything up in terms of what he said. But ultimately, he's going to be important for you for the rest of the campaign. So it's one of those where if he starts scoring goals again, I'm pretty confident that fans will be able to forgive him. Like, we do have short memories in that sense. But if you're asking, like, my immediate reaction, I I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. It it came out of nowhere. It was like a bolt from the blue. 
no one knew about it. Not even his own team. But this, I'm assuming he told his team afterwards. Chelsea were not told about it until it uh, until it came out, which I think I think it's so unprofessional. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It's all those. Uh, things. It's it's absolutely uh, all those sort of things. It's been labelled. It, it's shocking. Uh, and and like just to, just that the first time that you hear about for a man, your manager to hear about quite a big issue that you have or like. Is, is on an interview that's not even in your own country in the country that you're you're playing in it's like it's like sort of a second-handed interview and it's being translated through it's just like it's it's, it's unbelievable and then he talks about being, him being a professional in it and it's, yeah. it's mad it's isn't it? it it's like you go and say all that sort of stuff that is the complete antithesis of professionalism yeah. and then he tops off by saying but i'm gonna be professional it's like well no you're not because no, then not. you wouldn't have invited these people into your house and add this to the world. It, <laughs> that was the funniest part for me of the quotes. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna be professional. You haven't. Been, I, 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 I know. all of this, I'm, I'm just thinking how badly treated Tammy Abraham was, and he did not hear. A <laughs> I knew you'd find a way to get there. <laughs> you did not hear a peep of him. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna be backing Tammy even more. Um, and I, 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 I can forgive Lukaku for this. And there's no better way than to score a good few goals against Tottenham there over go. the next three uh, three games against them. Yeah, and that was your tabs on Tammy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baffling stuff. Um, but remember, dear listener, when we had this conversation before we talked about Lukaku, about red cards and yellow cards and refereeing decisions and subjectivity and clear and obvious. Harry, Arsenal one, Manchester City two. Thanks for reminding me. Um, I just want to give Stuart Atwell a bit of praise before we get started because I think he made what is possibly the best third man run into the box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Do you know what? Being... Uh, do you know what I thought? Play like uh, people overreacted on Twitter, and then I've looked it back from behind. You the need goal. to watch it. Yeah, like, no, the, it's the freeze so frames bad. Do it justice. Yeah, like, don't get no. me wrong; he should still score. Like, there's actually yeah, no yeah. doubt about it, but. You, you need to watch so, what, he actually, oh, now, what I so think good. he does to try and break this down. I think the ball's going in and it obviously gets cleared off the line. For whatever reason, he wants to see for it, like himself, I think, if it crosses the line, even though that's the one thing the referee does not need a view of is whether the ball crosses the line or not, with the exception of that, obviously, that one at Villa Park. Yeah. Well, maybe the goal yeah, line technology was broken. Right. Who so, knows? But... <laughs> but generally speaking, across the 10 years or whatever um, goal line technology has been in place for, <laughs> you, you don't need it. You don't need to, to, as a referee, see if the ball's crossing the line. So, I mean, what he is doing in there, I, I mean, do not know. At, at any point, the ref should just not be in the penalty, apart from a... I don't, I've never seen it. I've uh, never what, seen what? a referee yeah, like, as far up the pitch as that. Like, it's even when they're giving... <laughs> even when there's, like, you know, free kicks or corners or stuff in and around the box. They're not standing in there amongst it. Like, you do not need to be on top of it. It's baffling. Um, I, funnily enough, I think that, among other things he did, uh, notwithstanding the decisions in the game, which maybe I'll get to in a second, contributed towards the anger around his performance. So just to list a few things. He, Rodri absolutely clattered someone in the second half and he gave a corner. He booked Gabriel for descent. He mm -hmm. booked Bakayo Saka for descent. I mean, I don't know what Saka, of all people, would have said to him to constitute a booking. Mm -hmm. He, midway through the second half, 
took it upon himself to go over and tell off the ball boy of all people in the fucking ground. I mean, I, I mean, I hope that made him feel better. Like it was just a woeful refereeing performance, and it doesn't surprise me actually when you have a look at his track record. This is a guy that gave a ghost goal over a decade ago, and was then suspended for a, a string, a catalogue of errors. And then he's refereeing Arsenal v Manchester City. I just do not understand it. And it's, it kind of speaks to a wider point about referees in this country. The big decisions in this game, I think anyway, certainly the two penalties are marginal. I think they could have gone either way. And I think certainly our one yeah. at least. If it's given, it's definitely not overturned. Ooh. And I think because it wasn't given, it wasn't overturned. Even though there's angles where you look at it where it, it, it probably should have been given and it wasn't. I think their yeah. one, you you can certainly make the case for it. I'm not going to argue that. He shouldn't pull his shirt. He dangles a leg. Silva's looking to win it. Like, no doubt in my mind. They're not getting any joy in the game. They hadn't had a shot on target to that point. He goes past his man. There's a leg there. It gets dangled. Runs up to it, and he gets a shirt pull. Like, again, they could have not overturned that, in my opinion. And people would have gone, yeah, Silva's gone down easily. He's gone down looking for it. And so I think the frustration for Arsenal fans in this game is we played really well. I think we gave Manchester City their toughest test of the season. And I include games that they've lost and even the game they drew to Liverpool in that, in the sense that, and I know this is biased, I've not seen them outplayed to the extent they were for about 40 minutes in the middle of that game between sort of mid, uh, sort of 15 minutes into the first half and when they win the penalty. Yeah, we really played well and and had them in a lot of trouble and and probably should have scored more than the one goal we did score. Um, and I think it's that combined with the fact that on another day, their penalty doesn't get given, our penalty does get given, and then the red card is daft, it's immature. But I think the one thing you've got to do is look at it in context. They've just been given a really suspect penalty, for want of a better word. He's been booked for dissent. We've then missed an open goal. Tensions are running high in this game. The ball gets played to the halfway line. He body checks him. I'm not going to argue that's not a yellow card, but is it a second yellow card? It kind of speaks to a wider point, I, I would I, add. I also, I also thought that generally he'd let a few challenges go. That's the other thing. It's, it's the temperature of the game. When you've let Rodri foul a couple of times and Nathan Ake's fouled Saka a couple of times, he's not booked him. You've got to be consistent in the way you referee a game. Read the temperature of the game. He could have easily pulled him over and said, one more challenge and you're off. He's just booked him for dissent. He got sent off for one foul. So it's like, look. I I thought thought it was was definitely a cynical foul. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. It's dark. And like, he's definitely seen the game, but I don't know if it... If it if it was um, up to the standard of foul that that had that had been uh, been in, in the match the already, yeah, yeah, I condone, think exactly. that causes problems though. If you do look at football like that, it does cause problems in terms. That's of... what every game's ref like, George. and every well, no, the, the any, problem any with that refs is... will talk about that as well. That, that you every game to... has its temperature. I yeah, think. yeah, but I, but I think there is a line, and and Gabriel. In that instance, it 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 was a, a very clear yellow card. Like it was a bad, it was is a it bad challenge. Yellow? And is it a clear second but then, if you look at yeah, but it is in the context of the play. Like Man City won the break. They it, weren't. He was they had five men behind the ball. And, and there was freeze frame. 
It was a it was a vertical well. it was a vertical attack though. Like it was I they were. What you, what you, by the way, one. me arguing that it wouldn't have led anywhere is also me arguing he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have done it. Yeah, it was yeah. a ridiculous yeah. challenge. So I don't know why he did it. Yeah. But if you freeze frame it, it's not like they're getting a three on one. If 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 Jesus runs past him, if it goes on, I think they had De Bruyne on the left, and we had four people behind the ball and Gabriel. My point is red cards change games like so significantly yeah. it then becomes attack against defense and if we're looking at football through the lens of it's an entertainment sport did that foul in itself constitute changing the rest of the 30 minutes or whatever was left in the game and he misses a game after that does the punishment necessarily is it merited given what's happened i, I is... don't know i don't know if you can if you can if you, if you're asking rash to take entertainment into it as well as all the other things i i i i, I, I thought that, that i thought the main point was that it, i it i thought there's some there's some other fouls that were let go uh that that this one could have been let that go, i agree with to be fair that that, that the, that's the only hmm. that's the only leg i think this argument has to stand on well, my, my point it, generally goes yeah. beyond the arsenal game it's something i've said before it's yeah. about red card and penalties. Too many penalties get given in football matches yeah. nowadays, right? It's so easy to win a penalty in the box and get a free kick on the goal at a 79% chance of scoring or whatever it is. Well, I, the game week previous think... had a multitude of penalties that weren't given because the game week before had so many soft penalties being given. Well, so it, there's, yeah. th there's referees in England, and I watched the Arsenal-Man City game. They do react to media attention. They do react to what the media has to say about games and adjust their decisions based yeah. on that. I fully believe this. And that's just just unprofessional. <laughs> like, just do your job. Yeah. Just do your job. What's, what's, so, what's so wrong with just giving the decision for what the decision is and your perspective will be different from another referee's perspective and that's absolutely fine you might see a foul as a yellow card another referee might not see a foul as a yellow card you can't, you can't have that. that i know i know i know you can that, you, you yes so that's what it's about in general but, but you, you can't just a, have objectivity i know i know that's then that's exactly my point you can't have objectivity that's precisely it if you're if the if a referee sees a foul as a yellow card, then so be it. And then if another referee doesn't see it as a yellow card, so be it. Like, I don't know why referees are, are paying attention to any other influences outside just the game, just referee the game. It's not a, difficult. A, it's not difficult. A little, bit, a little bit of me, see with all the ref stuff, a little bit of me is thinking, you know, people are saying it's too subjective and it needs to be more defined and more technical. And I I actually think it should actually go more the other way. Yeah, completely agree. I know, I know, I know. Almost less rules and less definitions need to be put in because so many things just can't be defined. So by trying to define stuff, you actually end up just confusing the situation and eliminating common sense. Has. Just yeah. going without and, and without a that's, brain. That's the phrase I would like to bring in more. Is that we get good refs in for a start, but then you just go. Use your common sense, and 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 we bring it back to, to, you just get people that know football and know know the, able to read the temperature of a game, and 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 ask them to referee the game. Uh, and strangely and, and, enough, and, and and everyone knows what a fail is in their mind, and it's only whenever you bring in all these weird definitions, you end up 
with these obscure fouls. Yeah, yeah, and the think, line's been uh, blurred by it. And, yeah, and I, th- I, th- I, I mean, that's because I don't think you can define a lot of the things that that are, that are black and white. So and I think just let just let them referee and go. Is that but, a foul? And or I think not? you can and have. Decide. No, but I think you can have VAR in that world in the yes, sense you can. that yeah, you can. definitely. You, you, definitely in can. a subjective world, you can have VAR as well because refs are going to miss stuff. They're going to have like, yeah. like like catastrophic errors and you can still have a subjective VAR to overturn things but it but, but what it needs is like we said less less scrutiny in terms of clear and obvious like what what does that even mean in, in that context that so of, it's I, so stupid yeah. uh, and beyond that um oh, I've lost my train of thought hey. Sorry, <laughs> clear and obvious has, has basically become the instrument by which you can justify inconsistency, yeah, and, and it and it and it's it's becoming more laughable by the week when you're watching people like Peter Walton sit there and try to explain why certain decisions are reviewed and then certain other decisions aren't, and kind of find little intricacies and use this clear and obvious bullshit. Like either it's a penalty or it isn't. So it's like I I, I, I don't care for clear and obvious at all. I I I, th- I think it's I, as we as I made the point before when we talked about this uh, with I think it was just me and Ali that talked about this before we I I was saying like it's so ridiculous that whenever the re- the vet refs in the VAR room you're not asking asking them is it a penalty or not you're asking them is it a clear and obvious yeah mistake the what yeah. So yeah. it's it's like 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 the the question should be simply is it a penalty? Is it a penalty? Or not? Is it not but a penalty? But yet, yeah. but they have to go. Is that clear and obvious? And like what? Like what does that mean? In like like it's it, that that phrase just just makes it's the everything. worst. It's the worst and, and, part of VAR by far. And, it's and, a kind and, of joke. As I suggested before, let's just get three refs in a room. If two out of three of them say it's a penalty. It's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly yeah, don't see what, what the issue yeah. with, with Big that red is. Button. Yeah. Big red button. I don't yeah, see yeah. what... I, the golden it, buzzer. I, and we could also hire the old refs that were good because all they have to do is fucking sit in a room. They don't need to run yeah, about. Yeah. They can just use their eyes and their common sense. Yeah. They were good at. Get, get Mark Klannerberg back. And I can't surprise there's too many retired referees that wouldn't mind picking up a pound note or not, and they don't have to even run about. I don't. I honestly don't know why yeah. they why they wouldn't do that. I mean, uh, yeah. And uh, I think the 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 penalty situation sort of sums up the the problem with VAR. The fact that they didn't look or didn't overturn the Arsenal one and then decided the, to overturn. You know what it was, right? Was, that's incredible. That is genuine. Well, I find that, that, incredible, yeah. right? If you watch the referee's reaction to the Arsenal penalty and the Man City penalty, he was much more definitive in that the Man City one absolutely wasn't. If you watch him, he does that to Bernardo yeah. Silva as he goes down because he clearly felt like he dived. With the Arsenal one, and I could be completely wrong, but I'm certain this happens in some instances where the referee isn't sure and hence goes, OK, I'm going to let the VAR have a look at it and they can decide if it's a penalty. But they're not then deciding if it's a penalty. They're deciding if you've made a clear and obvious error. But you weren't sure about the decision you made in the first place. Yeah. It's like a vicious yeah. circle. You're waiting for them to overturn you. And they're not overturning you because it's not clear and obvious. It's just a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Ran over. Ran over. Uh, 
We played pretty well. That's that, that's the one thing I would say. We played pretty well. Arsenal are brilliant. And, and watching did, certainly Man United, who we'll come on to in a minute. Spurs are playing well. That will be a big game against Spurs in our next league game. I think that could go a long way to determining where that last uh, top four place goes. Because, you know, watching Man United at the minute, like it's only projection. You could say that they're going to get better because what they're producing is terrible. Um, we played really well. Like I don't mm-hmm. think you can produce that performance against Man City unless everybody's buying in and everybody knows their role. So it's encouraging. Uh, and it of course, it's, gu- it's, gutting. it's gutting for Arsenal, but at the same time, like, like Harry said, uh, losing against Man City, you'd probably predict that before the game anyway. This isn't, this isn't a major blip at all. They will beat Tottenham, they'll beat yeah. Man United, and they'll beat yeah. West Ham, like, more than likely. So yeah. that's, that's that fixture done out of the way. Um, Arsenal played well. Man United didn't play well. That, that must nope. have uh, felt well. Uh, felt felt good, Harry. Uh, yeah. What a bizarre, what a bizarrely disjointed performance that was. That game I did watch. It's not the only um, one though. I, I have to say, Rangnick's come in. He's had five games now, and three of them mm. they've been really poor in. And yeah. uh, okay, that was the first one they've lost, but they've played four really well. Three awful teams. One average team and one pretty good team in Wolves. That was their hardest game they've had so far. Yeah. But they were absolutely schooled. I mean, I don't know why he keeps going with this 4-2-2-2, particularly against a team that's just going to play really wide and use their uh, wing-backs. I I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me when they have wingers slash like wide forwards that want to play in and around the penalty box, and he's playing them as like playmaking midfielders, and he's it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, they, they, they all look confused. It's, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. They look confused by the system that they're being asked to play. It doesn't suit many of them at all. And to expect Greenwood and Rashford and, and Sancho and these players to to track back, maybe that that culture and that that will change for them, and they'll have to learn that's that role. Not. But but that's not going to happen, and you're not going to get results out of it in in those positions. It's just not going to happen. Can I? I also go on. I... I was just quick. I I also think that it's just strange that he's the interim manager, so he's he's kind of setting certain foundations and ideologies for the for the next manager. He's going to be a big part of picking the next manager as well. Yeah, but I find it strange that he's going for this formation, which is quite unique for him. Yep. And I don't think many other managers play it. And maybe sure, there's certain like there's pressing that you can carry on from it. But it feels like for an interim manager that's not guaranteed to get the job, it feels weird to be trying to implement such a unique and niche formation that, um, that re- as we said, do- I don't really think it suits as, as many of the players. I don't think, it, like, I can't, there's not many players in that formation that you go, that suits them perfectly. What the, what the, everything they're being asked to do, that suits perfectly. I don't know if it suits any of them. And it kind of, like, it's kind of getting them all to sort of meet halfway in what they like to do and as a result no i don't think any, really anybody's in a perfect position but it, it feels weird that that an interim manager is doing something that's so kind of radical uh, in terms of formation tactics whenever it could someone else could come in and it's likely going to be a different formation i, I just thought he would have went for more conventional sort of formation maybe maybe even went for like whatever formation ten hag brennan rogers or uh pochettino is doing 
and then just do that and, or do play that and then implement some of his ideas i don't know it's just a strange one for me i'm gonna slightly disagree with the three of you <laughs> um and to respond Wait, to played well no, uh, that's not. That's say. Uh, par- that's why I say partially. You don't disagree with me that Austin they were terrible. Uh, yeah, they they were they were horrendous. The application was bad. But to first respond to Fergus' point, it is a unique formation, um, and the general point about new managers with completely new systems is that if the players had been playing a completely different style, it will take time for them to adapt especially when they've been playing under Solskjaer, who's who wasn't a good coach. It was, I think that's pretty clear. And yeah. uh, just like didn't have a, a, a tactical philosophy in place. I don't think Solskjaer ever established his, his fundamentals, his wow. tactical, you know, philosophy ever. <laughs> so the, the set of players now don't have as like a, a group of 11 players is a group of players on the pitch together. They don't have a solid idea of how they should play since the Solskjaer days. And they are learning the Raniak stuff, like the, the Raniak system. The 4 2 is unique, but it's been used before in Germany. And that's the nature of any new system. Antonio Conte re- uh, introduced, reintroduced the three at the back that nobody else is doing. It, gained results a lot of uh, teams are now playing three at the back Chelsea included now but particularly in that season everyone pretty much more than half of the teams were influenced by that I think it has its merits this system the the problem is personnel the problem is that you have a, the front four like the two um, the two two the last two two Jaden Sancho Greenwood uh, particularly Ronaldo and, to a lesser extent, Cavani don't press. So Cavani's good. I, I, I Cavani, Cavani does. Cavani. And that's why I say to a lesser extent. He's I mean, it, well, that's the other. That's the other he thing. Presses well for thirty-five. Right? Yeah, um, and the other thing is the first two, the midfield, um, the the midfield base, uh, Matic and McTominay, just aren't. That was always going to end badly when Neves or Joao and Jaltini are on the other side. Nuanya Matic just doesn't have legs, and McTominay's honestly, I think I've made up my mind now. Dreadful, um, dreadful, mate. I'm pretending Fred is, Fred is better yeah. than McTominay. Fred, yeah, Fred, awful. Is... Like, <sighs> yeah, but I think you've got to go on. Yeah, go on. No, no, no you, no, you, you do fine. I wasn't gonna say anything new. <laughs> I was just I gonna say I think it has it has its merits. It. It just it will take a lot of time to implement. It won't be under Raniak this season. Yeah, the the reason why the reason why and that's actually one more thing I wanted to say. The reason why he is playing his system is that because it looks like to me now that this consultancy role that he's going to play with um, with Man United is a pretty influential one. So he yeah. wants to get, get managers in who will apply the same or similar stuff. <laughs> But, but name but one. Name well, one. Well, I can name one. Manage... No, but hold on. Hold on. Says, that's... that's my point, though, Ali. Yeah, well, it's Raniak's job. For a Man United manager, you cannot go. It's going to be one of the top managers. It is. I so, think yeah, also you... we're, we're ignoring the fact that Man United have assembled a squad which, if not in their performances, on paper and what they're getting paid per mm. week, is supposed to be a squad which is ready to win now. now yeah. It obviously isn't. They're nowhere near. 
and they've reached a point where they are going to have to accept, and it looks like uh, Rangnick is accepting that they've got a squad that is not suited and cohesive in any mm. way, shape or form. It doesn't matter what play style you want to go for. The It's an imbalanced squad and it needs blowing up and, and starting over. And so m- my suspicion is he has his uh, philosophy, he's going to keep playing it, and they're going to work out who can and can't adjust. Now, the problem with that is they need to be in the Champions League. Yes, if you look that, at the yeah. players they've got there, they cannot go into the Europa League yeah. with the likes of Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes, and obviously Cavani's going to leave at the end of the season. Ronaldo in the Europa League would be funny. I want to well, see he it. won't. He'll go. He won't. He'll he'll go. Leave, yeah. And, and it's not just that. Yeah, and that got... might be a good thing, by the way, but mm. they certainly weren't planning for him to come spend one year and get them into the Europa League. I mean, <laughs> and I mean Man United players. and there's planning more, just don't belong in the same There's more tent. players as well, and it's not just the players, but you, you look at Varane. Varane's not going to want to play in the Europa one. League. You've you got Pogba. Pogba is one of the most arrogant footballers in the world. He is not going to play another he's year gone, of the Europa League, but he's probably already gone. Um, in in a lot of minds of Man United, Sancho Sancho is so I can't believe how lazy that man is. I don't know what if he played Ooh, like that in Dortmund. I can't points. imagine. I can't imagine he did. But the fact that not even Ragnik can get get um, a performance yeah, out of him is yeah, just incredible. And then finally, you've got to think. Well, can they? I mean, it's Man United, so so potentially they can. But can they attract the manager? Like uh, Brendan Rodgers, yeah, would probably go. But is that the manager you want, really? I mean, but yeah, look, I might if you're going to end up with someone like that, uh, uh, Wagner or something from uh, that used to manage. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're going to end up with one of these niche, you know, used to manage the Dortmund second team managers. Yeah. You know, you like, know uh, on projection, and this could age absolutely terribly, right? But at least with Arsenal and Tottenham, you kind of get the sense that both are moving in the right direction. And they've yeah. done it earlier than Man United. Man United have faffed around with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer until November. And then they've got, oh shit, he's not it. And they've messed around. Go, okay, we'll give this guy uh, till the end of the season. And then he's going on a consultancy role. Well, what if he's absolutely rubbish and they have a terrible season and finish sixth or seventh? Nobody's going to want to listen to him. This is the thing, right? And then he's the guy that's deciding... Uh, and to be honest, manager it, and who they recruit. Yeah. I don't. I. I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily blame him if Man United are rubbish. But like you yeah. said, it's the perception, isn't it? It's what it looks like from the outside. This squad clearly cannot play a pressing style four two two two. And and yes, I understand that. That you know. Well, well what do you do? Do, do you therefore continue with the philosophy now and afterwards as well? Do you change it for the short term and then change it for afterwards? Either way, no matter what you do, or do you just play how Solskjaer used to play and play to the squad as in individuals? Either way, you've I've got to get rid of half this squad in terms to to play a certain style or somehow convert them, which I don't see happening. Or you've got to completely get give away all of your philosophies where in which case there's no point hiring hiring the manager you hired in the first place i i, I agree i i i think there's so it's so so many good points there and i the, that's the thing where it's like it's it's a, it's an interim role yeah he's got gonna have a long-term lasting effect i think i just think he's he's it's gone like there, i think there's a middle ground he could have gone for he can still do press and for me, it's the, it's the formation. It's the four triple two. It's just like 
like yeah. they have too many like sort of number ten players, or like they they kind of need a third man. Like to not have, I think I think the play the, there's it's quite. I think the likes of Bruno should be focused around. I think Greenwood should be focused around. I think he's trying to phase Ronaldo out. I agree because if, if like if there's one thing that's going to be going forward, it's going to be pressing, regardless of who the manager is. They're going to want to press. So I think Ronaldo's out regardless, um, and and he should be used as a super sub, um, and and that's his best role. So, uh, like with with those things, I just I'm just there looking and go. You you could you can still press. I think he should be going for a four three three of some kind, either with a ten or with a DM, and a I, and and it because it's gonna be. I th- I still think it's gonna be Brendan Rodgers, um, Ten Hag or Pochettino. It's gonna be one of those three, providing they get top four, as we've said. And I think I think you could have got top four. But he's he's got he's going too far without a preseason. This is a lot to do with, with with all the egos, and also he hasn't got the reputation really to 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 command those egos. Oh. Um, so he has to impress them on the training pitch with results to then be able to to get him to do what he wants to do. He has to earn that trust first, and, well, and it's a lot to ask. on that as well. Did you see the the Luke Shaw interview? Clearly, clearly, the manager hasn't impressed. So if, after five games, you know it, it shows what a mess they're in, though, as a playing yeah. group, doesn't it? They, they, like they are all over the place. They don't know what they're doing out there, and that's not just uh, the manager. Obviously, a big part. Yeah, of it. it's, it's not. It's not Ragnik's fault, and I think no. it, getting someone like him in it, to, to do long term is 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 the right thing to do. And it is going to be. I think these are the growing pains of doing the right thing, but I just think there could be a few less growing pains, and still be able to get top four. And they, I think they could just they measure it a wee bit more, and find that middle ground to get top four this year. At the moment, I just don't see it. Well, nothing's changed in the sense that if you think of that last game under Solskjaer, they lost four one at Watford, and David De Gea has come out after the game and done an interview and said. We didn't know what we were doing out there. So yeah. th- this guy's been there for the best part of a month now. He's had five games. I think that's a fair time to start assessing him. I, don't, I hate to give Tottenham praise, but after five games, like they were looking better in terms of what yeah. they were doing under Conte. And yeah. I know the fixtures have been kind to them. They've had a lot of home games. And well, Man United haven't played anyone. Away games. I've no. But Man United have played some poor teams there. And not impressed. And there's no reason, as I said, and, I, and I'll repeat it again, and I know I'm biased, if you're looking at it at the moment, Man United, Tottenham and Arsenal, there is no reason other than projection to think they'll finish in the top four. They've not shown anything this season to, to justify that at all. All right. The, the first game for Man United against the top four opposition will be very interesting. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a Mirror article that came out today that says 11 players want to leave. <laughs> this is the it. other thing, right? And they've, and they've made their own bed with that this season in terms of the same players have played a lot of the games. So you've you've created kind of a, a, a disharmony amongst the playing squad. <laughs> <laughs> Van der Beek's gone. Here we go. And Mate, then... <laughs> he's not started a league game this season. If you're him, and I'm not saying he's anything special, I've not watched nearly enough of him, but if you're, if you're him and you're watching Fred and McTominay, Thinking up the gaff every single game, and Fernandez has been terrible this season as well. Like, let's call a spade a spade. He yeah, has yeah. been awful, and he starts every single game. And you're going to get people like him going, well, "What the? What am I doing here? If I can't get on the pitch?" 
it's two managers as well that have this similar rebellion that that he you know the other players are better than him as well which <laughs> I, I, I find that i find it funny because by the end of it you know van de beek was the answer for man united just because he was the only option that they hadn't tried mm-hmm. and, and he had like one or two good appearances off the bench and now even this new brand sp- new spanker manager with all these crazy ideas even he's going yeah, not for me, son. Matic, he picks a what thirty-six yeah. year old. He might not, not not be that old, but I think he, he moves like he's old. Looks at, yeah. He's old. He's so he is old. very slow. So I think he has old. a pace of four or five on Football Manager, which is quite accurate. Um, the, yeah, the Van de Beek one, I it was a mistake. It was a mistake. I thought so since the start. I think it's a mistake. Well, I don't know what he's from. Uh, from all parties, United, by the way. Yeah, from, from, from like parties. even his agent. I don't know why his agent thought it would be a good move for it. Probably because and, of the the finance Man involved. United have done it's him, probably a unless Man United have done him high rage. And have, and I don't know though because I can see something. why. Why wouldn't you go? Why? Yeah, I can fit into this team ahead of Fred or McTominay. Like, no, yeah, but even I'm, at the time. It, at the time, he was looking to get in of Pogba and Fernandez. No, because you can't. Yeah, it was. It was Pogba at the time. Think about it. They were playing a four-three-three with Pogba, Fernandez, and McTominay. So he wasn't going to get into the starting eleven. Yeah. Um, I at the time raised an eyebrow at that signing because I thought Fernandez is almost never injured, and when he's not injured, he plays. Um, and I didn't think they'd stay in a four-three-three. They didn't. They went to a four-two-three-one, and it was McFred in midfield. Bizarre, bizarre on all parts. He shouldn't have gone there, and they shouldn't have signed him. Not for and, and, unless he was million. promised something completely different. It, 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 it's, it, it's ridiculous that, uh, that it's, it, more, it's, yeah, just, it's just on him. It's just as much on improvement. him as it is on United, in my opinion. The other bizarre yeah. part is uh, Phil Jones having the best game out of the Man United squad. I thought he was good. Yeah, he, he cost them the goal though. Yeah, it was I mean, yeah, it was. It was, I, it was, I agree, he was good. Don't get me wrong. He made a tackle on the left years. back at, 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 on the edge of the box. I was like, I was watching with my flat or housemate, and I, all we see is this, this like sh- shot of red go across the screen, tackling. The camera wasn't. The He's ta- excited. Camera wasn't. The camera wasn't quite right, and and, and I like I, we couldn't quite see it. And we're like going. Is that Madage? No, it's too fast for Madage. Is, is it? <laughs> who, who else was on that side? Wambasaka. Well, wrong skin color for Wambasaka. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then it's like, but that can only leave. That can only leave Phil <laughs> Jones. Yeah. And he's come from centre back. What the hell yeah. is going on there? If that's, if, I think he. I think he's Ragnik's man. I think he might. I he genuinely. Might, he might survive. You know, that, that, start of every game. Start of every game. It was honestly better than anything I've seen Maguire produce all season. 100%. Oh, that's a no, good point. 100%. That's a good he, point. That's a spicy game, take. That is a spicy. Nah, it's not spicy at all. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like it's it. Calm take. It's a calm. It's a calm take. take. Yeah, it's a calm take. I I I love it. I actually agree with it. Um, now we've said it. Okay, so that's uh, that's Man United. Uh, Wolves, though, credit to them. Yeah, like good. they they controlled the. The whole thing. Bruno Lage's uh, post-game interview, by the way. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I wish more managers can give yeah, those. Yeah, uh, good, but I think you've. I didn't hear it. You didn't yeah, hear it. He was. Uh, he walked through the tactics of the game. He was explaining the tactics, which, like, don't get me wrong, it's refreshing. I I thought it was quite funny how people were kind of drooling over it. Like, you're. Yeah, a, it was not good. Yeah, it was, good. Like, it was all right. Nothing, it was. Yeah. There's nothing like. That, that's what always what happens when. It, 
Whenever you get some decent punditry, whenever you know who's the best uh, at it, Fogel. He got the Tottenham job because of it. Mourinho, when he did that, like yeah. three months in the Sky Sports Studio with yeah. Sunes and and Roy Keane either side of him. <laughs> Fucking hell, this guy knows. Yeah, yeah, stuff. this guy knows. Yeah, he sat next to two guys. That... <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like it's like hiring Gary Neville because of his punditry at Valencia. Yeah, and then you go, oh shit, actually. Like, any any manager that's well, just just out of the top team, level, and, and and like someone like that's why Emma Hayes looks head and shoulders because she's she's yeah. she's like she's in the game. She's a manager she's at the top level. Yeah, yeah. She's currently doing it, so she knows all the all the current ideas and is on it. And yeah. it's just like it, it, like showing how t- intelligent she is. So any manager that has the honesty to break down their tactics. We always just left God's back and going, That's oh a, my God, a really what is good this? Point. Why, why do we have players in punditry over ex-managers? That's a good point. What, yeah, why? I've never understood yeah. that, to be fair. I guess, no, to be fair, we all know why. It's for, for views and, and online clips. Um, and, no, no, but like, I don't know. there's never been much of a... I know like Roy Keane and Sunes managed a little bit. But Roy like, Keane was quite good, but... Yeah. There's never been... Um, there's not a balance between it, it is there? No. It might, it might, it might be. That, for me, it might be that by the end of, of your management career, one, you're really old, a lot of the time. Yeah, and, that's true. And two, that you're you're probably a bit too mellowed. You're not gonna give like a high seat, a spicy hot take. Oh, they'd much rather. I nearly said a new word there: yeah. high seat, hot and spicy. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but um, into the Japanese yeah, no, dictionary or bingo card it goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I. I yeah, I I th- I'd imagine that might be the reason. It's like that by the end, you imagine like my like you'd be looking at someone like Roy Hudson to come in. Steve, Steve Steve Bruce. Well, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Ronaldo Ronaldo's quite good, isn't he? I don't know why I went Irish there. It's terrible. Yeah, that was actually your best Irish accent you've done, George. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do it. Whenever next time you do an Irish, oh Steve no. Bruce. Oh, what a nightmare! All right, well. That's uh, yeah. Punditry could do could do uh, more with um, more in depth analysis because honestly, watching Sunis talk is uh, quite yes, right, right. Um, I, I, I one thing I always thought was just quick on that, noting that one thing I always thought is like why isn't there a, like we have all these like on, on the BBC you have all these extra shows MOTD extra all these here why isn't there just a really really nerdy football yeah. show oh that's monday night football but it's a little bit no, sporadic it's and not, it's not no, i guess that's the version of it but like i'm talking like a proper a proper nerdy one where like like the coach's voice sort of sort of thing except, ah. you know with a bit, a bit more a bit more production and, and like like as opposed to because it actually goes the other way a lot of time with BBC. They have, like, Match of the Day, and then the Match of the Day one with Jermaine Genius is actually just a more dumbed-down version oh, and, gosh, and more yeah. about banter and sort of uh, pop culture within football. Let's go the other way. Let's let's have a really nerdy Match of the yeah. Day. And just put, put, just put it on online. Don't worry about it. I, I'll watch that. All the nerds will watch that. Let's yeah. have a bit more of that. I'll yeah, put it on iPlayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more uh, shout out that's uh, Jose Saw has been a bit transformative for Wolves. Yeah, he's good. Funniest part about Jose Saw, Gary Neville gave him his Player of the Season on uh, Match of the I Day, uh, not Match of the Day, Monday Night Football. I'm absolutely convinced he's not watched him all season. Like, if you listen to his justification for giving it to him, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, ah. yeah, um, 
the Wolves have been pretty good this season. They've not conceded many goals. Obviously, he's been great. It's like, yeah, you've not watched him, Gary, have you? you like, you, you have not watched one <laughs> match of Wolves this season. He probably hasn't gone to FB ref. Yeah. The, the, the more the more and more I hear Gary Neville talk, the more and more I actually think he's he's less and less interested in punditry, and he's more yeah. interested in becoming his own sort of platform interviewer. And 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 I yeah. think, I think, I I also think he might become an MP or try MP. to be an MP. I don't, I, I I agree with that. You can see with the Sky Sports podcast that he does, or like in like twenty thirty minute interviews with yeah. uh, after each game. Have you seen one yeah. of them? Yeah, and they're all talking about that, and that's. Yeah. I, yeah. he's he's good in he's actually genuinely gives some good insight but i think he's getting less and less uh, and i think he's admitted it as well he's watching less yeah and less I've, games. I've heard him sort of um and he's not because he was good neville, yeah it, the thing is gary neville used to be gary neville used to be pretty on it and, and his analysis was pretty good and yeah, recently, he doesn't watch a lot now i think I he has dipped massively in, in terms of his commitment to, to I I, I think he's game. fallen out of love with it, especially yeah. with all the analysis. I think I think for someone like him, he seems to he's a lot of interest, and I think he 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 seems to. So I feel like I get the feeling he's like sort of going in and out of interest and, and stuff like that, and and if his heart's not in, he he won't do it fully, and 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 I I can imagine someone like him just being sort of getting to the point where. You, you end up just talking, everything comes in circles and you know it's talking about the refs again it's talking about about different changes it's talking about diving it's talking about it's talking about all the rubbish that ends up coming around and around in circle and nothing really changes and nothing really gets done about it so uh, i'd yeah. imagine for, for something like that he's like he's not really that interested and yeah. when when it comes to the big issues where he can impact change like the super league you can see he's he's full of energy. Yeah, he's and so. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I think I think he's he's probably more interested in stuff where he can actually implement change and stuff like that. That's my out, yeah. outside look at, at Gary Neville without actually it, 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 inside him. Gary Neville's mind without <laughs> actually <laughs> talking without about it. It's background that well at all, really, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. NBC have an inside of the uh, inside the mind series that they just interview players and uh, former managers and ma current managers and all that one with gary neville is uh, is required uh, but going back to jose saw he's um there's debate often about what metrics to use to evaluate goalkeepers and it's a little bit difficult but yeah. like he's 90th percentile or above for three really important ones like post shot xg minus goals allowed so post shot expected what? goals compared and to the first on that He's uh, 90th percentile for that. Oh, okay. Uh, he's, so, so uh, season. So for this season. For this season. Sorry, for the last 365 days, for the last year. Okay. Um, save percentage, he's uh, 99th percentile. 81% saved. Right. Uh, goes against uh, less than one a game, 0.91, 91st percentile. Um, yeah. And then you look at this season, and he's uh, second behind um, Dev De Gea in that post shot. XG minus goals allowed metric, so essentially how many uh, goals he saved over the season, and um, yeah, for ninety he's saving about a third of a goal. He's good. Um, he's he, uh, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's been a good signing for. Yeah. Uh, and to end this, we are going to take a look at the radical and dramatic changes in just another fantasy pick, Fergal. It's um, it's a tight race now. It's a tight race now, but I guess after this game week, it won't be anymore. But hold this thought. So you picked 
Bukayo Saka, and he got 16 points. And then this the... is this is t- two game weeks ago. Just two game weeks ago, exactly. We're, we're, we're up behind. Yes, um, because we we didn't record for a few weeks, so uh, we're kind of catching a up week. now. Here we go. <laughs> a week. Um, so Saka on 16 points, and then you forgot to pick the next pick. Why? Why did you forget? Why did you forget? Uh, what have you done to yourself? Uh, and yeah. Um, uh, um, yeah, just really silly. Uh, uh, and so I've, I've missed out on on at least two points. I think I would have got at least two points. And uh, yeah. I, I'm probably still just about been in the lead. Yeah, annoying, annoying. But, but we, we, move, we move. Well, Saka got 16, to be fair to him. So I guess I, I guess that makes, it, that makes up for it. Um, and then... Knowledge coming in clutch again for me. I had picked Cristiano Ronaldo that was against Newcastle. He got a point, and I swore never to get Cristiano Ronaldo on my fantasy team ever again. The guy is, in fantasy terms, pretty useless. Right. And then Human Son got six. Um, and then I for uh, for this game week, which still isn't over in fantasy terms, I have Mikel Antonio, who scored 14, and then still had... Oh, scored, sorry, seven. I have him captain on my fantasy actual fantasy team, which is why I say 14. Um he has seven, and then he's playing against Norwich, so he's hoping he will get some more. Fergal, you have DCL who missed a penalty, and and I think my thinking is good, and I'm uh, and I have him in my actual fantasy team. I think he, he's going to come, and he's going to come back, um, and he's got a, I think a decent run of games. So yeah, look, he missed he missed a penalty, but he got the penalty. So the idea was good, but just yeah, <laughs> his execution has let me down a bit. And he's but he's still got one more game this this week, I think, unless it's been cancelled. Well, um, anything can get cancelled nowadays. Yeah. But George moving on, Watkins with two points, and then Human Son with six points. Happy with that? No. Cool, Harry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Human Son uh, with eight points two games ago. Harry, 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 quietly just going about his business. He's, yeah, he's trying up. I told you. I told you. He's, he's not over yet. Fair? When you're at the bottom, there's only one way you can go from that. You can't go down. You can only go up. It, it can, Start, there was a point where it bottom, could get worse. You're, but you're still at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, but... We're, but we're not by much. Not by much. Yeah. And uh, this week he has uh, Jared Bowen, who does still have another game week. So next week we're going to catch you up on those scores. Fergal has DCL, myself, I have Antonio, George has De Bruyne, and Harry has Jared Bowen. Doesn't have another game. Who, who we didn't have another game. I wasn't aware had. of that. Neither was I, but play. I got lucky and picked <laughs> Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> that was complete luck. It's F- wow. It's FPL. It's, it's, do it's, do, do your research, guys. Do your research. Go on. I was fancy luck because I'm pretty convinced I've been absolutely boned on some of my picks where they just... They've been injured at the last minute or haven't played. Or Pep Guardiola's played FPL roulette, and it's just like <laughs> I've been shafted with some of these picks. So well, I'm Harry, luck. the fact that you had performed so badly and now you didn't know Jared Bowen had a double game weeks tells me why you had performed so badly. Take that as you will. <laughs> uh, but the current standings before this game week are I'm now at the top with 75, which will increase. So I'll, I'll crack the 80+. plus. Um, after the Mikel Antonio points are added, Fergal's on 72 now, but that difference might just increase uh, that three-point difference. So there was a point where Fergal got ahead of me, and I've now kind of regained the lead, but I'm not um, very secure now about the this lead. 
It's it's a tight one. And then for third place for the Europa League spot, it's George on 56. Harry's climbing up. Harry's climbing up. He's on 45 now. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Hey, it's um, all right. There's only one way up. Yeah, there's only one way up. All right. Um, that was a juicy one. And uh, to end this, uh, seeing as we've been recording for an hour and a half, um, and seeing also that this is the first episode of 2022, I wanted, gentlemen, to take your thoughts or know one thing that you hope for in football in 2022. One hope you have for football in 2022. One thing you want to see happen or don't want to see happen. Uh, let's start with Harry. Yeah, What's sure. something you want um, to see happen? Or those don't? Those pitch side monitors. You know those little screens at the side that the referees occasionally... Uh trundle over to and have a look yeah i want them burned at the stake because it is <laughs> the most meaningless act it kind of adds to the uh like entertainment uh pantomime feel of var at times when you when the referee goes over to the screen and you just know they're going to change the decision every single time like it's just a procession at this point get rid of them i've had enough of it like they pretty much never stick with this. I think it's happened once of all the times the referees have gone over. They've stuck with their original decision. So, you know, I know I've whinged a lot about referees in this particular podcast. Um, but yeah, get rid of those fucking monsters. I don't know. Uh, re- replace replace it with you know the the X fire X Factor style. Yeah. The three three judges. Buzzers. Bu- bu- mm. Buzzers. <laughs> the three people uh, at the, the side of the pitch uh, yeah. with buzzers yeah. like that. The three judges. <clears throat> yeah. That's what we want. And, and then VAR, because people complain about it not being transparent enough. Um, you don't know what's going on in the ground. You'd fucking know what was going on then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Although, funnily enough, I've, people, I've not people, seen this people happen. People be chucking stuff trying to hit the buzzer. It's worth saying. <laughs> it's worth saying, just a little bit of insight. Get a soccer ball. I've not seen this happen in a long time. They actually showed the Man City penalty on the big screen in the ground. Yeah, and it got a... Oh, the, the reaction was fucking. It was great. Were you at the game? Harry? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Ah, I imagine. I, I always wonder whose decision that is because they they obviously used the TV camera footage, but then yeah, I but swear, you're not supposed to show anything. Yeah, exactly. For so, that someone, someone, someone in in Arsenal Stadium. I don't know if staff, someone just made a really pointed cut, cut gesture. Away. Yeah. yeah. So so it's obviously like up to someone that's employed by Arsenal to cut away at that moment. I'm yeah. guessing. They're like, I, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more when they're just like, so oh, that's not, that's so right. I'm going to so let this one run. Do you know it what? So Speaking of uh, video reviews, I uh, actually have an anecdote about this to do with Egypt. So uh, remember the Confederations Cup? Those uh, had its last edition in 2017, like the the champion of each continent playing yeah, yeah. Uh, in a tournament and the World Cup champion. Um, yeah. Egypt in 2009, we were playing Brazil in the first game. We gave them a game. Like, we were better than Brazil. Um, we uh, we drew level. We were 3-1 down uh, after the first half and drew level 3-3 and looked like we could potentially win it until the very last minute. It just didn't happen. And then, uh, remember Lucio? I think it was yeah, his yeah. name. Yeah. Brazil center back. Yeah, the Brazil uh, center back. Inter Inter Milan. Yeah. Yep, him. Uh, a corner gets played in. He smashes a header. Ahmed El-Mohamedi. Is on the line, El Mohammedi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the the whole pl- the whole right, right. yeah the whole city uh, ex whole city ex Sevilla him yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's oh. on the he's on the line 
for the corner. He's at the far post. And it hits his arm. And then it's cleared out for another corner kick. Howard Webb was the referee, by the way. <laughs> he gives a corner. And then um, the massive appeals for penalty. Like, absolutely massive. The fool that is Alan Mohammadi goes down and pretends that it hit his face and that he's uh, got a concussion because of it. <laughs> Which just gets the conversation going and going and going. Like, how could he get injured with a header like that's what the brazil players are now saying to howard webb like it's just illogical the ball just his face get on with it if that's the case but he's pretending what they did then is replay a video footage of the foul on the screen howard webb then gave a penalty he reversed his decision that's obviously a a, a decade before var i i didn't never because i remember there was a world cup game in 2010 it was mexico argentina there was a goal that was miles offside and they accidentally showed it on the big screen oh yeah yeah yeah. and they obviously knew the decision was wrong but you can't overturn like if you've given a goal like that you can't just look at the screen but famously, the Zidane headbutt was 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 only given because uh, one of the the fourth officials saw it on the monitor and told the ref, no, because yeah. no, because no no one saw it. It was actually the first time any sort of video a referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only yeah. the only person that saw it was Buffon because it's from a goal kick, so everybody's looking at the goalkeeper. Never yeah. And Zidane yeah. turns around and heads butts, and so Buffon was the only one looking outwards. And saw it, and it was only because of the uh, the fourth yeah, yeah, yeah. on the TV camera. So, yeah, yeah it's, and, and so technically, the Zidane headbutt should have actually not been uh, given yeah. as a red card at the time. Uh, yeah, that Al Mohammadi incident was um, a ripple in Egypt long before VAR. Why don't we just interuse video reviews then? Um, but that that yeah. the, that came to my mind immediately when you said Chaka saw it on the screen. Or the, funny, it was yeah, uh, it was we had on the screen. Um, yeah. Back to back to the question though, George. Uh, what are your what's a hope they have for football in twenty twenty two? A hope, a hope for football. Um... One thing you want to see or don't want to see happen. Well, I'd rather Man City not win uh, a treble. That that's probably one thing. But no, it, 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 I guess to go down the the refereeing route as well i'd actually like to see referees have more post um game interviews i just think that'd be so interesting to hear their thoughts on why they make decisions i think human like humanize them a little bit and go okay right you know from his perspective i can see why that subjective decision was obviously made in that situation so i wouldn't mind that um yeah I I, I I i don't think that helps I don't like because, it. Because I, I, think, I, think I think the majority of them will come across like pricks and it wouldn't help them. Yeah, but yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of referees are pricks. So, that's dangerous. I also think that you, you'd, end up, you'd end up hearing the same sort of PR uh, shit. That was answer. absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, you, uh, no, you, you're right. Yeah, I would, but yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I also think that you'd end up just hearing the same old PR answer and you wouldn't actually, because they, they wouldn't want to be honest because they'd end up getting backlash, you'd end up going against them. And no, you're uh, right. They are absolute pricks. <laughs> <God. laughs> yes. okay. Imagine Mike Beasley giving a mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is one more thing, actually. I know I've taken up like three different suggestions now. The the chant "attack, attack, attack" has to be banned 
never to be done again ever it's the worst like man united fans have done it so many times they were one nil down against wolves and they were chanting attack 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 like the players and the manager hadn't thought of that idea before. yeah it's like they get oh my creative, god what um, like Mark, come on the managers it's, it's like bollocks right yo oh, sorry if you if you attend a basketball game or an mls game here in the states they say that Oh, oh, they say no. defense, they say attack, they say... Oh, oh. Like, what? Yeah, our chatting is pathetic. I think, oh, I think if, that, if that happens, I then... have any more disdain for them. Yeah, people need to get right. banned from the stadium. Yeah. Yep. Before you chat, I get attack, attack, attack. Well, yeah, yeah. wait for the yeah. World Cup 2026. Fuck me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll have people wearing eagle Ugh. masks. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Either. Excited for it though. I might attend a World Cup game then. That's uh, there you go. the only opportunity I have. Fergal, what's one thing you want to see? Uh, or don't? You've mentioned World Cups, Alex. I have. Uh, and and it is a World Cup year, lest we not forget. Oh. And me being Mr. Mr. International, my my hope is that England don't win the World Cup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want them to lose emphatically. In this coming year, yeah, at wow. the World Cup, and I hope the heat gets to them, and it's it's all too much. And um, as for Ireland, uh, yeah, I'd like us to win. Win it games are going to be playing Scotland, so I'd like to beat Scotland. But yeah, no. The, but the main thing is for England not to win the World Cup, please. Thank you. Fair enough. You're that. You're still that petty. Glad to see yeah. nothing's changed, yeah. Fergal, with a new year. I mean, that, that really <laughs> indicates that England have a friend? really good chance. That yeah. really indicates that England yeah. have a good chance of winning the World Cup Absolutely. because, you know. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh! Before oh. we end, before oh. we end, before we end. I still haven't said mine funny. anyway, but go on. Sorry, funny you should mention. Uh, recently, he was on a vacation and saw Didier Deschamps. Me and my dad saw him. Ah. Um, yeah. Asked him about. Wait, wait, why'd you bump into him? What? Wait, what? What? I was just on a holiday, um, and he was staying at the same hotel as us. And we saw him multiple times cheering around the yeah, hotel. Yeah, pool. Burrows, did you call us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I play, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, we, me and my dad, spoke to him on Christmas Day, actually, funnily enough. And nice. we asked him, "Who are you most worried about for the World Cup next year?" He said, oh, you know, I'm worried about Belgium. He said, Belgium, first of all, I thought it was fucking weird. And then he said, Brazil. And he said, are you worried about England? He said, mm, they've had chances to win. I thought, yeah, he's basically saying Southgate is shit. And he's had his chances to win a Euros and a World Cup. And he hasn't done it. <laughs> it's so like, he's definitely uh, not worried about um, England. Have you ever, I, I really hope you've watched Mike Bassett, England manager. But if you haven't, watch it because it's amazing. But they, they have, like, they have Pelé sort of featuring in the film. And he gets asked loads of questions like, oh, who can win the World Cup? And he lists off like Brazil, France, Argentina. And then and he goes, oh, yeah, but, it, but who's the outsiders? And it's this English uh, sort of yeah. press officer asking him. And he goes, oh, well, you know, sort of Mexico are looking good. Colombia's got a decent side at the moment. You know, <laughs> you can get a few surprises, even with Asia. And then... And then he asked him, yeah, but what about England? And he just starts laughing. And it's, uh... I mean, it wasn't, I'll be yeah. honest with you, like, it was a similar vibe. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't rate our chances. I can, you can pretty much tell from someone's, like, body. I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Su I'm surprised. I thought you were going to say the opposite. I thought you were going to say that he was like, he was, he was like, oh, yeah, England, England have a chance. But then I was going to say, 
oh well that's because he was speaking to two english fans yeah yeah, the yeah, fact that, yeah the fact that he wasn't even looking to please you uh, yeah yeah just, just to show face yeah because he could have yeah, easily you know got Eng- england have yeah. a chance credit to him yeah yeah i respect that yeah he was honest he was honest nice um the thing idea, yeah, yeah the thing i uh want to see happen although that's not something you can really see but all mention of the super league gone never again just that's a, that's pretty wishful i'm not gonna lie yeah it is pretty wishful i i think this super league is inevitable but i yeah. hope that this year somehow brings an end to all super league discussion just done. You should, you should just be hoping that Mo Salah is going to stay at Liverpool. That's the yeah. Way. I mean, I could say yeah, I will say Liverpool sign midfielders, but I, I guess I've, I've, I've said that multiple times. In, fa- in fairness, the, the, the Super League never happened again. Probably is more likely. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's a good point. More likely than the Liverpool signing midfielders. Yeah, um, Liverpool signing anyone. God, that was a juicy one, guys. That's uh, that's a bomb prediction. That's a bummer. Yeah, just just like Christmas, episode. I am stuffed. Yeah, we didn't give them an episode over Christmas. So, yeah, you know, make up for it. We're making up for it, indeed, and more. Um, thank you, guys. I'll uh, everyone, right. everyone uh, listening. We uh, hope we uh, we'll we'll stick with this uh, all year, and uh, we hope you're uh, with us in this uh, in this journey. It's a World Cup year. It's exciting. Uh, I just look forward to what the just another podcast we'll do uh, during the World Cup. Um, happy with what we did at the Euros, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, let's see what happens at the World Cup. Frugal, yeah, I, th- I thought you had a thought there. Yeah, just we've got a new logo, don't we? We got a new logo. Um, if you want to go onto, on, onto our Twitter and uh, give your thoughts and opinions on it, uh, with the release of the episode, the new logo will have been released. Like how we'll releasing them concurrently. Um, but yeah, that's a really exciting shout out to actually my twin brother, Kareem. Uh, he has designed this uh, masterpiece, in my opinion. That's a great bit of work from Kareem. Yeah, it's lovely stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, next week, we will be back same time. And see you soon. Cheers. Thank you.